live from the wayofm.org studios in the fabulous Fetter Building in Rochester, New York. Welcome to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. Today, we'll be discussing a serious and what we hope will be a thought-provoking episode. Tonight, we are going to discuss what has changed in policing since the Black Lives Matter movement has started and the broad usage of body cameras by police departments across the country. To discuss this topic, we have the community engagement officer from the Aronacoit New York Police Department, Jonathan Lawton in studio. We realize this is a complicated and difficult conversation to have for many in our community. For me as a volunteer firefighter, I work with the Aronacoit Police Department on calls ranging from fires, car accidents, overdoses, and even a murder in the past. In my experience, those interactions have been handled professionally and humanely. However, I can only look as far as the news and in nearby communities to see that the relationship with the police and the general public is strained, to say the least. After the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri in August of 2014 came the Black Lives Matters movement and protests around the country demanding changes in policing. What resulted was a focus by police departments around the country to adopt the use of body cameras and to record interactions between the police and the public. While body cameras do help, it's only part of the solution when it comes to building trust between the police and marginalized communities here in the United States. And tonight we'll be discussing this and probably a bit more with Officer Lawton. But for now, let's continue with the time-honored tradition of the music swell and fade out. about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses and by going to TransformationThursday.com they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh god, I hope so. Okay then, TransformationThursday.com Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure, I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well, still. Amy, today's conversation is a tricky one, as we were discussing before we started recording. Yeah, it, it's a little tricky because we lead lives for both of us where we both know and interact with police officers on a regular basis. And in the spirit of full disclosure, I've known Officer Lawton since 2013. Uh, we joined the fire department where I volunteer at the same time. I do consider him a friend and he's a former client of mine. So, But this interview came about when I asked John last month some very pointed questions about how policing has changed since the Black Lives Matter movement started. His answer, quite frankly, surprised me. And now... Well, as a result of his answer, he finds himself here in studio with us. So uh, everybody give a warm Transformation Thursday welcome to Officer Jonathan Lawton. Hey, welcome, buddy. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, do you have any pronouns? He. He? Okay, good enough. There you go. So, yeah. Well, thanks for coming in on a cold November night and a Sunday to interrupt your weekend to come talk with us. I I know you're doing this, you know, out of the goodness of your heart. So we do appreciate your time and coming in and chatting with us tonight. You want me to go, Penny? Yeah. I, yeah this is, well, the, here's this, this, this is the thing. He's your friend. Yeah. And you brought this subject up. I'm perfectly willing to start it, but I'm, I, I feel like this is one of those discussions where I'm going to take a, uh, a, a secondary role to you. Okay. 
because All right, that's fair you're enough. the one that brought the topic up, so I'm going to let you do the lead. Yeah, so, you know, so last month, John, we, we were at the open house for our fire department, remember, right? One thing's, you know, so, and I think, you know, I asked you very point blankly, and I liked your answer for it, so you're here, obviously. And so, you know, but what has changed in the last five years in policing that, you know, that I view as pretty transformative, and, you know, your answer, you know, not surprising, but it was surprising at the same time. So you want to give a quick little overview of that, of, you know, what we spoke about there at the fire department? Sure, sure. Um, I think with the advancement in technology and body cameras, to be specific, has been a huge tool in police work, helping out police officers, police departments, helping out the community. The community now sees a, you know, essential 360 of what's going on with calls, interactions with police officers in the public and the public also to the police officers instead of the um, cell phone you know, footage that people release. This is now non-judgmental um, footage that officers turn on their body camera and record the whole situation, good or bad. And, and I think that's a key word there is, you know, non-judgmental is what you said, you know, but, you know, Penny and I come from a professional background in broadcasting. So, I mean, my question always, and I remember is you don't, I don't recall really seeing cell phone footage too much in the last few years. And I think prior to that, that was always one of my questions. What happened prior to this incident? What were the 20, 30, you know, what, what was happening that got edited out that we didn't see? And I wish I could answer that one. Well, no, you can't um, answer because yeah. there's so many different, but I mean that, but that's always a question I would ask myself as somebody with some experience in editing. I mean, so that's a blanket statement with a little bit open. <laughs> so, but I mean, at least let's talk from our perspective here to here locally with the Arondequoy Police Department. So, you know, you, you show up on a call, you're pulling somebody over, whatever it is, you're walking up to somebody's house. What, what are the procedures for the body camera? How, how is that being used by the officer responding? Um, I could tell you from my experience, I was actually one of the test subjects when the department first looked into getting body cameras. And they told us just let's test out these cameras, let's get as much footage on the cameras as possible. So if you're interacting with the public in any form, turn on the camera. So for myself, it was, I would always turn on the camera as I was pulling up to whatever address I was dispatched to. It wasn't, you know, as soon as I stopped, it was, you know, once I turned on that block, I usually, you know, I would say it was a habit that I, turned on the the camera so that there was audio at any point as I was coming up to a person. So not only coming up, but then are, is that recording also picking up radio traffic then, that audio, like anything that could be perceived beforehand coming from dispatch, any kind of additional information, stuff like that? Yes, with um, with our cameras, actually it, it pre-records a certain bit of the video with no audio. But as soon as you press the record button, it tells the, you know, camera, okay, we're recording audio and video. So with me, it would, it would record that I was arriving on scene because I would voice that out with dispatch. Okay. Go ahead, Ben. So you, the the police officers in your in, get the have the discretion to turn the camera on and off. Yes and no. Uh, we have to follow our. Um, procedures yeah our procedures with the department it's I would say you're you're smarter as an officer just leaving the camera footage on mm -hmm. because then it shows that you're not hiding anything yeah um you know we're all human right you know, we make mistakes um right yeah I I that is so that's one of my questions is um uh, I don't know if you know the ACLU's position on on body cams. No, I don't. Um, well, here's what they said. Although we generally take a dim view of the prolifer proliferation of surveillance cameras in American life, police on body cameras are different 
because their potential to serve as a check against the abuse of power by police officers. Historically, there was no documentary evidence of most encounters between police officers and the public due to the volatile nature of those encounters. This often resulted in radically divergent accounts of incidents. Cameras have the potential to be win-win, helping to protect the public against police misconduct and at the same time, helping pol protect police against false accusation of, of abuse. So I like the fact that this is a win-win situation. They also recommend that the police officer have no control over the whether or not it's recorded, basically recording all the time. Um, that's problematic in a number of ways. As a person who works in, has worked in video, just the amount of space it is required to storage makes that really, really problematic and expensive, which is one of the issues that we have with this. Uh, another one, there's another study that I found from this place, this something called the European Journal of Criminology, says wearing body cameras increases assaults against officers and does not reduce police use of force, which I think is kind of really weird. But, you know, I, my concern is that do you, how much, and I don't know if you can actually give me an answer to this because uh, you are here as a police officer and not just as John Lawton, but how much of this do you think is just... Um, a, a sop, a, 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 you know, like the, the, the next thing that will fix a problem, you know, because there, there it, it, it is, it, I think it is good. I'm really glad that the, that the ironically police that can that there are police recordings. Um, I, I hope that there is a little bit of, um, there is reprimanding and, 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 and some sort of, uh, something that happens to the officer if the if it is not recorded because that's really really vital now in our society and it now will lead to the thought that okay the cops are hiding something as opposed to some guy does it is it easy like if you were in a tussle if you would it like is it like right someplace where it's like protected the turning on and off spot spot on your on your camera um and I can only speak of our cameras right um Every, every one of them is different. Yeah, it depends on the manufacturer. The record button for our cameras is right center of the camera. Right. So um, if you got into an altercation, there's a chance that just in the natural, you know, like my, 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 my son is a police officer in a, in a, in a fairly large um, uh, police force outside the state. Uh, it's about, I would say it's about 40 to 50% larger than Rochester's. Um, and, you know, he's been involved in, in situations where he's been assaulted. Um, and uh, his, his opinion about police cams is, you know, he's fine with it. I think the majority of police officers are fine with it. I just want to make sure that, you know, it, it, first off, that it's working properly and it, it does what it's supposed to do. And will it do what it's supposed to do, uh, which is make everybody more accountable for their actions. Uh, not only you, but, um, but you know, and I, I, when I was reading that study about being assaulted more, I'm wondering if that meant that some of the, some of the people who were being arrested saw the body cams and thought, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to be protected because of this and got a little more aggressive than they normally would have. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to actually work as, is my point. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel having, how long have you had the, the, the cameras on? Um, we just, uh, officially rolled them out earlier this year, but I've had a camera for, I think it was early 2018 was when I was part of that test group. Has it felt different for you other than having to remember to record? Does it feel any different as knowing that you have this recording? Do you uh, behave different? I don't, I don't behave different. I've seen the public behave different. Um, there's been a couple, you know, people that, you know, I would say regular people that were at their residence for you know, mm -hmm. um, calls and their demeanor has changed 180 degrees. I think just because they know much more, I don't want to use much in value, but much more beneficial to you as a police officer trying to resolve a problem and get onto your next thing. They're I, much I, less argumentative maybe. I think so. And, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm every day. I'm afraid I made a phone call from my, my son's police department. Um, they, my, my son's nickname is, um, shit magnet. <laughs> so he seemed, he, you know, and he's, he is one of those guys that def, he, he's had a desire to help his entire life, which I think most police officers do. 
and he's really fine with it. His big problem with it, of course, is the amount of money that it costs. Yeah, and um, I can tell you that the Irondequoit Police Department had to update our technology. We had to, mm -hmm. um, like that was all part of the research was how much memory, how much server did we need to have for the body cameras, how much memory, mm -hmm. depending on what crime was committed is dependent on how long the camera footage is stored. And now um, with the criminal justice reform in New York State, we have to get the footage to the district attorney's office and to the courts quicker. So that's another issue that we're coming up on quickly. Yeah, it's a personnel issue too, because there need to be people in place to handle this. And uh, what's what's it called? The when the, when, you, when you have evidence, the chain of I can't remember the name. Chain of custody. Chain of chain of custody. Is there a similar like I don't want to say chain of custody, but chain of control? Once the body camera comes off of you. Is there a procedure that is in place to make sure that the the that the the, the what is recorded is handed is handled discreetly and dispassionately and is moved along? Is there like signing off of things? Is there stuff like that? Uh, with with our cameras, it's actually like a a charging pod, but with that, it also downloads all of the camera footage onto the server. As the officers, we don't have the administrative ability to delete any of the camera footage. That's great. Um, that's that's up to our administration. Um, right. You know, they have that, um, I guess, capability of doing that. Yeah, well, it's it, that's, yeah, it's capability and it's, it's storage is expensive. Mm -hmm. It is really expensive. It's, it's one of the biggest expenses that you're gonna have. Um, uh, another study that I have found of this, uh, the reason is my uh, my son's police department actually had American University looking at this uh, for them and, and doing a, and doing some survey for them, and they found some stuff out uh, that I, that was pretty interesting. Um, first off, the technology is the name of the study is looking at the link between body cameras and crime. It came out in 2017. I'll like provide links for all of these things so you can look at this stuff. But so the 88% of Americans supporting the use of police body-worn cameras, according to a 2015 poll. The, the practice gained traction in wake of high-profile confrontations with police and increased racial tension in recent years, explained Wright. The U.S. Department of Justice is responding to the man by giving $23.3 million in grants to 32 states and 73 local agencies to expand the use of cameras and explore their impact. Which sounds kind of interesting, except... My son, who was actually on the, was looking at this and involved in, in, in the, the idea for this, for his police department alone of 1,400 officers, it would cost them $30 million over five years to install. Most of that's going to be front end, you know, putting the, like you're talking about, putting the infrastructure in place, hiring the people to handle this stuff. And also, not only on your side, but on the uh, prosecution side as well, because at some point, that's got to go from your control to... Uh, the doesn't it go to like the the uh, the prosecutor's office at some point and they have to have control of it too and there's got to be people there as well there's so much money involved in this and where is it coming from i would say it's it's probably coming from taxpayers i don't know yeah. uh, specifically but that's you know yeah it's it's tough it's I, I, that was more of a rhetorical question than I'm than you should talk about. you know that, yeah that's, yeah you're 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 just a grunt on the street you know yeah. you're not this is not a, but that's this is one of those things that my son and I have had conversations about this over and over again uh, my position on 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 a lot of these social issues is that you guys are grease because you're getting flack you you're you're right in the middle you guys gotta you're getting heat from both sides uh, the. The police are the wrong spot to be looking at to solve this problem. It's much more of a systemic problem, and you guys are just trying to keep the peace in the in, in in the community. And this is the wrong place to be looking. Yet that's where you are, and that's where you guys have to function. And I'm really upset that so many people take a dim view of the police. I'm also very upset that that there seems to be, you know, like every time I talked about my, to my son about anything, his response is always, well, I don't know the exact details of that. And there is, there does seem to be a, you know, police uh, cohesion that, you know, whether or not it's, it's intentional. Uh, well, here's, I took a defensive driving course and the instructor was a, was a, uh, was a sheriff. 
and we were talking about ticketing and things like that. And one of the things that he said during the class was, you know, I could take a car that was delivered to the showroom, uh, have them get it licensed, everything that was done proper, and everything right off that, rolled out on the street, and I could find at least one thing to cite that car for. You know, that, that, that level of ability to do that. And so the question is, do you look for it? And when what say, cases do you look for it? And that idea of using those sorts of things to further marginalize the marginalized is one of the issues. And having a body camera on at all times, I think, is a great way to at least deter that. Now, I don't know if there's a question there or not, or if there's a response that you want to say to that. I do not mean to get off on a tangent like that, but... Uh, Hi, Amy. Hi. I'm just, <laughs> reeling, still here. just reeling things back. Uh, reeling back, yeah. I, th th you've got to understand that this is a... Uh, it's a tough topic. It's a tough topic, and I've been talking with my son for more than 10 years. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, you know... I, I, you put you know, a nickel in me when making this by picking this topic, Amy. No, and I know, and I want you know, one of the things I said to John, and I, you you just touched on it a bit, you know, is you know, there's this historical issues with you know the police and especially marginalized communities, especially those you know in the South and you know, or even here in Rochester. Oh yeah, racism it, is everywhere. Racism is everywhere, and so how. You know, so when you, you have situations like Ferguson and others, you know, in these... Orlando Castile. Yep, and all these different... Falcon Heights, Minnesota. So you have these interactions, you know, all across the country, these protests and everything going on. You know, where, where and, you know, and we're talking about how things have changed, and I think body cameras are a big part of it, but in how but how do police departments react to, and, and I think you're hitting on the broader topic of, okay, so we have all these issues going on, you know, granted, how do, why is this happening and how do you fix that just, just through the system? Yeah. You know, that, so. I mean, I, I'm not even how to fix, a, just, just how do you, how do you, how do you navigate in that system is the bigger question. Yeah. How do you do your job without, you know, you know, that that's what, that's, I think from a police officer, my son says, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm neutral if not in favor of the body cam because it shows what's happening out there as opposed to the street camera that gets started you know, after the first part, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would say I'm definitely right in that, um, you know, same area as your, as your son, you know, in that neutral to positive, I would say more positive on my part, um, as Amy can attest, it's, you know, I, I don't sugarcoat anything. If I don't like it, I let you know, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I do what I'm supposed to do. Um, the rules and regulations I follow with the police department, I I try and treat every person that I encounter with the utmost respect, mm -hmm. even if they don't necessarily give it to me. I try and um, maybe instill that on them with me being respectful to them. Maybe they can take a step back and realize that, hey, um, you know, he's being respectful to me. Maybe I should, you know, tone back or you know, okay, he's, you know, sympathizing with me, anything, anything to that extent. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I try not to yell. Um, yeah, that's yeah, hard. I don't it, think I've ever heard you yell. It, my, yeah. My son is the same way. I, you know, it's, it's the same. He, he, his, his, his point is if he yells, he's lost. Yeah. You know, that's that he's out of, there's, there's a lack of control that you don't want. Yeah. And that's the, um, I guess the common line I always use is that, you know, is there any way you could stop yelling? You're hurting my ears. I'm mm -hmm. like, can we just have a regular conversation and you're going to understand me. I'm going to understand you. There's hopefully not going to be any lost translation with just the regular, you know, A to B conversation instead right. of the, you know, yelling back and forth because I'm going to yell back at you. Then you're going to try and yell back louder to me. Then I'm going to yell louder. And it's, mm -hmm. you know. The conversation gets lost at that point. And then there's also the onlookers who are recording and probably have things to say as well. Exactly. As you're trying to do this. It is not an easy job. Uh, it, it, it is a very tough job. No, I, I don't know how you guys do it. I, I don't want the job, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, you know, but it comes back to, you know, your, and I would say, what, 99% of all police officers, you're following the golden rule. Yeah, I would say that that's right. And it's, 
I think it's any profession. You have 99% of any profession that is good. You know, they're doing the right thing. And then you have that 1% that spoils it for any profession. You have bad teachers. You have bad podcasts. Oh, thanks. Um, not saying that. This is... <laughs> no, there's no bad podcasts, You're only not... bad podcasters. Yeah. yeah, that's right. There we go. Um, so you have that 1% that, that spoils it for the group as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, that's that's a different topic that I don't want to get into. But, you know, we, we, we talked about racism a little bit. Right. But, you know, but that's, I don't think that's for up to the police to overcome that is something societal that's a systemic issue it's a systemic issue and it's something that we need to deal with as a society right and us you know and you know i say us as marginalized communities of you know i was just talking to a friend about this today we keep re-marginalizing ourselves and i think you know if we can start to find these common grounds with people as people and instead of treating each other as the others, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's I think that's where it's at. And I think it's just, you know, it just goes back to how do you want to be treated? Right. So have you ever had an issue where the, that you can talk about where you got into something more physical than you wanted while the body cam was on? Has it ever or has anybody in the Ironically Police Department uh had to use body cam as evidence in something to defend themselves? Um, I would say that without knowing specifics, um, if someone complains or puts in a complaint against the officer, the, you know, supervisor I would expect would review the, the body camera footage Mm -hmm. to see if that person's complaint is truthful or is it not truthful? And then, you know, handle the situation or, um, you know, and it could be disciplining the officer, could be calling the person back and saying, hey, I just reviewed the body camera footage. The allegations that you're stating didn't happen. If you'd be willing to come here to the police department, we can review the footage together and, you know, we can talk about anything that, you know, maybe you don't understand on it. But, you know, I think that's where a positive of the body cameras are is right. that it gives that ability to if someone calls and complains about how a certain situation was handled the boss or supervisor that wasn't there at that specific scene has the ability to review footage and that's the officer talking that's and that's also the person that they're you know that called 911 or maybe even just an, an onlooker that, right. that interjected themselves. So if, if I if I called up and I said, uh, you know, John Lawton uh, gave me a ticket and he was rude to me um, and, and whatever, that, that he, you know, what he did, he behaved inappropriately around me, there would be an opportunity for me as a person calling in to go in and review the video? I would think so. Um, so you don't know? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent certain. I've just heard of it happen in the past. Okay. Um, at your at, at at IPD. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, it's it would be dependent on each department. It, every department has their policies and procedures that, in certain circumstances, they will release the footage. They won't release the footage. Yeah. The supervisor will review the footage and report back to the person. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, that releasing, not releasing, I can understand that. But, you know, the idea of having somebody say, you know, you know, this, this, this police officer did this to me and having a sergeant say, no, he didn't. I looked at the tape. It didn't happen. Have a nice day. And trying to make and trying to end it that way without letting me come in and actually look at what it is. That that to me sounds problematic. So I don't know what I and, and again, you're just doing on the, on the nicest of your heart and you're not officially speak, speaking about this and you don't know. Uh, but that to me seems to be an issue that would be, uh, that, that would need to be looked at, you know? Yeah. And, it, but, I, you know, I, my question here that I want to follow up with is, so somebody gets arrested, there's body cam footage, 
Um, what's the process from that going into, you know, the DA's office and how and getting to a judge and just working its way through the system? I mean, I know you're on the police side of it, but, you know, does, does that coincide with your reports? Do you get an opportunity to review it as you're writing a report? You know, what can you talk to there? Uh, yes, uh, to a lot of those. And I'll, I'll touch into them is that when someone's arrested, that the body camera footage is part of the arrest. Um, a specific case number gets assigned to that footage and it's attached along with the arrest jacket or arrest paperwork. It's, it's part of that. It's another piece of evidence and the district attorney's office gets a copy and they provide to the defense attorney a copy of the footage as well. It's just another another piece of evidence that the police department has on any given case now. Yeah, and then are you guys under time deadlines from the DA or from, you know, the other side of, you know, you know, to get that over to them? I mean, how fast is all this happening? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, and it's it goes case by case, depending on the severity of the case. We might have to do a quick turnaround. Um, and that's where with the criminal justice reform, that's where there's going to be even more restrictions. Um, and it's just a, a bridge that we haven't crossed yet because those restrictions aren't in place. Now, with the criminal justice reform, I, I haven't kept up on those. Can you just kind of give an overview of what's in store? This is specifically for New York State, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the governor um, is part of the New York State budget. Did a revamp on certain things. Um, it's mainly a bail reform where bail was intended to make sure that someone had a vested interest in coming back to court. It wasn't they were given, you know, let go by the police and then they weren't coming back to court. They were held on bail as part of a um, to give you a vested interest in you actually coming back to court. So the governor has decided. Um, you know, due to a strain on the system as a whole, that depending on the severity of the crime that um, people would be released on an appearance ticket and they would, um, you know, have to return back to court on, you know, the, the date given to them. Um, and it would put less less strain on um, the, the jails and it would also put less strain on those individuals that are arrested that might not be able to post their their own bail to get out of jail. Got you. Okay. So this is kind of a way to, you know, give people on the appearance ticket, but then also at the same time, you know, bail is also subject to money. So if you don't have the money and you had a crime, you're still going to be able to get out and on that appearance ticket, it sounds like. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, so with that, so you, so, the stuff has to be turned over to the DA when things are going over for criminal and everything else. But on the flip side, let's say something happens and somebody's, you know, making a flap in the media. Is the footage available for freedom of information requests? I mean, how does that work if the media wants to get their hand on something? And I can't give you a specific answer. Okay. Um, usually anything release-wise on footage is... You know, a supervisor position, you know, to where I'm just, I guess, the bottom of the totem pole, a police officer. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't make any of those decisions, what gets released, what doesn't get released. Okay. But I mean, I would imagine that I think, you know, if there is something that isn't super classified and you guys are holding on to it, then it looks like you have something to hide. And if it gets out there, then, you know, it puts a lot of those questions to rest as quick as possible too. But I don't, I don't remember anything locally here with the Rondequay police department. So good news is you haven't been in the news much here. Yeah. And I would, um, I would think, and this is just totally my assumption that if the news contacted us on someone saying that, this was done by the police department and we had footage that totally refuted that. I would think as I would think any department would say, here's the footage. Right. You know, this refutes everything that that person says. So, you know, I would think that the news wouldn't even entertain that before they, 
you know, went to press with it. Okay, gotcha. So that makes sense. You know, so, you know, but and it's complicated stuff. I mean, policing is hard work. And, but I think, you know, I, I mean, there's still a lot of change that needs to happen, but I, I feel like there's a tide changing in our society. I mean, this is all personal observation. I mean, you're speaking for you, you and yourself only, but I mean, what's your feeling on that in the last five years since, you know, everything that transpired in Ferguson, Missouri and everything with Black Lives Matter and, you know, where do you see societal, where's, where's, where are we going with all this from your perspective? Um, I see, you know, my position with the police department is the community engagement officer. So I'm in the schools engaging with students. I'm out in the public engaging with community groups or just out in the public in general, trying to not necessarily force, you know, the public saying that, or, you know, force the public to think that we're doing good, but to show the public we are doing good and that there are good police officers, even though you might, you know, see in the news that there are, you know, bad police officers out there. Right. We want to, you know, show the public that we are. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the hard things is you can't really tell a good police officer from a bad police officer as they're walking towards you. And I think the idea of that, that idea of actively courting the and, and acknowledging uh that there are there are outside issues that that you may need to deal with uh you handed out to us before we started the uh general order about how to treat transgender people and, and along this which is mostly really good uh i would i mean the way you the 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 things that you say about it that that you treat people you address them the way they want to be addressed right down to the arresting part where uh, the genitalia come in. And whenever the genitalia come in with transgender people, it's always an issue. Uh, and, I may, and I may be calling some people over there and like asking them if, they, if I could come in and talk about this to them because you know, right, right now the, the order in Irondequoit is that um, if the attendee does not have male genitalia, the arrestee, if the arrestee does not have male genitalia, the arrestee will be classified as a female. Uh, or that's on page, and the other one, I'm sure if there's probably another one says if the arrestee states they have male genitalia, the arrestee will be classified as a male, you know, and that's, you know, that's an issue that I have because I still have male genitalia and I've lived as a woman for going on five years now and I don't ever want to go back. I mean, but how much of this is dictated by the state though? I mean, just curiosity question. I mean, I don't know if John can speak to that, but he's kind of over here shrugging his shoulder going, I don't know. But what I think John made also a good point before we started recording was, you know, so if Penny and I were to be arrested tonight on the way home, we go out and have a couple of drinks and, you know, we cause a little trouble. What what happens to us? Uh other than being treated let's, respectfully. Let's, okay, so we're, we're, we're in your neck of the woods because you're from Irondequoit. So we, we get John can't talk at all about what happened to me here while I live in the Southwest. No, so. but okay, so we're, we go up to Rookies, you know, we have a couple of drinks and, you know, we're heading back to my house and, you know. So so what happens to us from your perspective at, on IPD? Um, I would hope that, you know, all my coworkers follow the same, um, you know, philosophy that I do, treat everyone how you would want to be treated in that situation. Um, you would you would be transported back to the police department, depending on the severity of the crime, and you would be fingerprinted and photographed if that is necessary. Do I get time to do my makeup? No. No, oh, okay. No. Sorry. <laughs> Wouldn't help at that time. It, yeah, true. If, if, if you're throwing, if you're throwing punches, Amy, makeup's the least of your worries, yeah, right true. there. Would you be crying? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, she'd be bleeding. Oh, you know, okay. So, so, but from IPD perspective, we're going to be treated professionally, you know, personally, and you know, per this order, I would assume. And so, let's run with that assumption. But you know, let's say that we get transported to county jail. What what happens? What happens to me in that situation in Monroe County Jail? And, and that's the hard thing, is that once we transport you to the Monroe County Jail, you're on the Monroe County Sheriff's Department's policies and procedures. I would hope that they have policies and procedures in place. Like Some, General Order you know, 450. Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, just like our general order that it's either, you know, separating you so that you don't fall victim to, mm -hmm. you know, a crime while you're in the jail. Right. 
And I think that's, I think for a lot of transgender people, you know, male, female, non-binary, I think that that's, that's what we're concerned about. I mean, we just want to be treated, you know, and be safe, you know, if we ever were to fall into the criminal justice system. And I actually have a transgender male friend who, for a variety of reasons, has never wanted to um, go and get, uh, you know, do the gender confirmation, have a penis, you know, made for for him. And I was also kept the F on his driver's license because he or because he wants to make sure that if he were to ever go to jail, that by even by this procedure that we have here through this general order, he would end up going to a female jail and female prison. And that's and he's been in jail once before. And he's like, I don't want to go in with the with the cis dudes. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's a jail issue. That's not a that's not a gender issue right there. Yeah, no. And I agree. I totally agree with you. Right. Um, so, yeah. But that is, you know, that is a question that, and this is, this is, again, my, my, my take is eternally, the police department is the wrong place to be looking at fixing society's illnesses and ails and the things that are wrong with, with, with systemic injustice. You guys are just trying to do the job you were hired to do. It is absolutely the wrong place, but yet here you are in the middle of it. And how do you how do you proceed in it? Do you feel like things are getting better? Do you feel like as a community engagement officer, you're making a difference? Um, yes. I, I like to think that I'm making a difference. I, I wholeheartedly believe that this starts at a young age. If we can get the younger generation having a positive thought on the police department that maybe these issues that we are currently having will fade away. I mm-hmm. guess that, you know, it might be a fad at a certain time and then it'll just kind of disappear. Right. Um, and that's one of the main things that I like to do is that I like to get in and talk with the younger generation, meaning, you know, kids in kindergarten and pre-K all the way up through high school. You know, that's, that's my huge main concern because those are the future leaders. Right. Those are the future people that are going to be in society. Mm-hmm. And if I can help the police department out and have a positive interaction with them, then they will think positive if they fall victim to a crime or if something happens to them that they have to have an interaction with the police department, they can fall back on the hey, I'll treat this person with respect because, you know, Officer Lawton was in my class two years ago, last week, whatever it may be, and he was a great guy. Do they ever ask you questions that are hard? Yeah, I think, I don't think there's, you know, any easy question when you're dealing with, yeah. you know, kids, right. you know. Do you, do you take the body cam in there? Have you ever shown them that and how it works? I have, yep. Um, depending on the specific class that I'm in, I wear the body camera. Um, sometimes I don't. Um, that's, I guess, one of the things with my position is that I'm not required to have the body camera on. Mm-hmm. I can, I can wear it. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, just because they might be curious about, because they, they may have heard about these things and wondered what they do and how they look. And, and that's the thing is that. With my position, I'm, you know, the kids are seeing me. Mm-hmm. You know, if a teacher wants an officer to come into the class in the town of Aronacoit, there's a high likelihood that they're going to see me. Right. So I want to present to the students and to the teacher what every other police officer in the town of Aronacoit is going to look like. So I wear my regular uniform just like all the other officers wear. And I have my body camera, I have my radio, I have everything on so that, hey, this right. is this is what I look like and this is what every officer in our department looks right. like. Now, I have one last question that I want to bring to you. And this one you may not be able to answer because you're on, you know, like you're on both sides, too. Uh, what do you how do you feel about firefighters as a group of people? Because I know how my son feels about it. Well, we do a lot less paperwork. <laughs> exactly. 
His his attitude is firefighters are heroes and we're the bad guys. Is that is that is that kind of how you feel about? It? Do you feel more like a hero when you're working with Amy than when you're a, you know I mean you're a hero because you're in the, but do you, how do you feel about that? Um, or is this the toughest question you've had? This is probably the toughest question just because uh, part of me is a little jealous of firefighters because they have nice comfy chairs that they sit in, <laughs> they put their feet up, watch TV. You want to know what? I'm completely jealous of that. I wish I could sit in a nice recliner, have my feet up. And do, you, do you wish you could get paid to sleep? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I think anybody would be happy to be paid to sleep. Do you think? Would you like to be able to sit in your car and not do paperwork? <laughs> Is that living yes. the dream to you? Yes. If uh, I don't think any police officer signed on to be a police officer for the paperwork. And yeah. how much paperwork is there? A lot. Yeah. Um, you see the TV shows, and that's I would I would say it's probably like five percent yeah. of the job. You, you see all that video, and then it's like, okay, you have to sit down in front of a computer. Yeah. And type out everything that just happened. Right, and that's where the over for at least for my my sons, that's where he gets the overtime is the paperwork because it's got to get done. Yeah. And it's not like they don't, you know, that's, it's again, and this is, you know, and I go back to this and this is not something that I expect you to be able to comment on, but this is my thought is this is expensive. This is a, this is a solution that requires a lot of money, which means it requires a lot of initiative, which means it requires a lot from the people in the communities to really, really need, really, really want this for the outlay of money. And I don't know how much of that is, is, is brought out there. And there's a, well, just give them body cameras and our, and our, and our problems will be better. I don't think so. No. You know, it is, it, it is one layer, one thread in this big tapestry of interactions and things that, things that are going on in our society. Um, I'm really glad the Ironic Police Department is doing this, and I'm really glad you came here and, you know, took time listening to a couple of idiot women here yelling at you, or at least one. I'm... Hope you didn't think I was yelling at you. I'm you not. Just, you can just leave it to us to figure out which one's the idiot, though, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who is yelling at me? Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, sometimes I feel like I'm yelling when I get excited. I, I, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not. I don't want you to think that I am. It's just that this is something that I have a lot of passion about. I'm invested in it because I have a, someone that I love as a police officer. Yeah. And so, but I, I'm also invested because so many of my friends have had negative interactions with police departments and police officers. So I'm on both sides of this one, and like I, you know, it's it's a tough, it tough is, issue. It is tough issue because, and I think you know, one of the things this year with the Pride Parade here in Rochester was, you know, they didn't want, you know, the organizers opted to keep the police very, you know, on on the periphery of the of the parade, very specifically. And I understand why, especially in our LGBTQ circles, why people with the history, the way, especially in New York City and other big cities, right. and even here in Rochester, the way our community has been treated by the police. But it's nice to see that, you know, a rondecoid has this general order in place for transgender people. So I think there's progress that is being made and more right. that needs to be made. And so, right. you know, thanks thanks for coming in, John, and spending some time with us tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's really great. And we'll be back with a couple of quick wrap-up thoughts right after this. Stay tuned. It's this Transformation, Transformation Thursday. Because Tuesday was already taken. And we were busy anyhow. Yeah. If you'd like to support Transformation Thursday, you can do so in the following ways. On Facebook, like the Transformation Thursday podcast. To support us financially, you can do so by going to our Patreon page by typing www.transformationthursday.com into your browser of choice. On Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to Transformation Thursday. And on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and write us a short review. It's free, and it really helps to get Transformation Thursday out to a broader audience. Finally, Transformation Thursday is copyrighted material, all rights reserved, 2019. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I am Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her as well. So what did you think about our conversation with Officer Laden, or as you know him, John? John. Well, yeah, that, I mean, it's, 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 a very, it's a very nuanced conversation to have, and I hope we did it justice. You know, one of the things we talk about, I think this is going to be, we you know, we want to do this 
topic justice because I, you know you don't hear about it too much anymore and i think the big reason we don't hear about it as much anymore is because there's been so much attention on the body cams but body cams are one part of the solution like you've already mentioned good training and people doing their jobs right especially police officers and i like what you quoted from your son and john echoed this if a police officer is yelling they probably have already lost the battle in in today's world so it comes down you know it's really a lot of it is golden rule how are we going to treat each other in society and i think you're going to kind of add on to that with i'm guessing from your takeaway yeah my takeaway uh is that this is not a panacea this is not a no. cure-all uh this is necessary I think this is a highly useful tool, but it's just one tool of many. And I think the idea that the problem with society uh, begins with the police department is uh, is is wrong. The the, the problems of society kind of end at the police department. They're the wrong place to start with this. But yet something needs to be done. Accountability needs to be had. Awareness of uh, you know, minority and, and, and marginalized issues by the police department, which would be additional training yep. would be, would be important. And that's necessary. And again, this is a money issue. If, if, if the price of the body cam is that they don't get the training to deal with marginalized issues, that's not going to be a pro That's not going to be all that helpful. No, and I think we touched on it real briefly here, and I think there's a whole lot more we could talk about from a historical perspective. And it's nice to see departments, especially suburban departments like Arondacoit, you know, coming up with a transgender policy, dealing with people quite, you know, very honestly, very openly, and, you know, taking these proactive steps with the body cams. And so, you know, I think they're dealing with these issues as proactively and from a community-based perspective. You know, but there are historical issues and tensions that need to be addressed within our society. And it's hard to place that all back on the police department, of, if I think, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. the But the thing that I keep coming back to is that the police department needs to acknowledge that there are issues. But that's where I I think that's that's another conversation for another time. So uh, we've spent enough time here talking about all these things. Hopefully uh, you've learned something. And if you want to uh, support us on Patreon, where would they go, Amy? They would go to www.transformationthursday.com and that will get you to our Patreon page. And we're going to sit down and plan out some fantastic patreon specials and ideas here as we get closer to the new year and some fantastic new shows coming up but for now thank you very much for listening to transformation thursday good night amy good night benny